Here we go. You are listening to Open Mic Friday, Law and Gospel on this July the 29th in the year of our Lord, 2122. I'm sorry, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're here to examine emails. We got an email, and it says the following. Hi, Pastor Baker. I have been a listener since my conversion to LCMS from being a lifelong Catholic about 15 years ago. So just to interrupt here, we've been on KFUO 25 years, and this gentleman was listening for 15 years now. I really enjoy your show and have an issue that I could help use your help with. I would ask my pastor, but as I try to explain the situation, I believe that you will see why I'm asking you. My family of four are members of the same church as my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law has friends that were members of an ELCA church. They have finally decided that the ELCA is not for them and are looking for a new church. Now, let me interrupt that also. ELCA is the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and it was a combination of three churches, American Lutheran Church, Lutheran Church of America, and the Seminex group that left our seminary and went very liberal. The ELCA believes in a gay marriage, in abortion, and that you really don't have to talk to people about Christianity because Muslims, Jews, Hindus are already part of the family of God. So they have really gone away from not only Lutheranism, but Christianity. And they have as a head a woman who thinks she's a pastor, where, of course, she cannot be a pastor, according to the Bible. So anyway, these folks, they're members of this ELCA, and they're looking for a new church. Continuing with the letter. During that process of finding a new church, they attended a funeral of a mutual friend at our church. Our pastor was truthful about the life that the deceased lived. However, pastor also stated that the deceased had come to faith in Jesus and that we would see him in heaven. My friends did not agree with how our pastor handled the funeral. They believed that he should have glossed over all the deceased's wrongdoing. Can you please point me to a place that I can use to explain why our pastor did what he did? As a side note, I agreed with pastor wholeheartedly. I believe that there is still a chance to bring my friends to the true faith founded in the LCMS and would hate to see them go elsewhere. Hopefully my question makes sense and thank you for all that you do. And then there's the thank you and the signature of the person who sent me the email. Well, 
I do not have the privilege of having heard the funeral sermon. And yet I somewhat experienced a similar situation some years ago. I think I've already shared that with you folks, but just in case you haven't heard about it, I was doing a funeral for one of our members and she had a Roman Catholic sister and the sister was attending the funeral, of course. And I spoke about how her sister also was a sinner that she broke God's law, not only by deed, but by thought and by word. And then I explained that, of course, so because of her faith in Jesus Christ, her sins had been forgiven. Well, after the service, the sister was angry with me for talking about the deceased in such a negative way. She says, no, my sister was a wonderful lady, and she was not the kind of sinner that you said she was. In fact, we wrote some letters back and forth to each other, but I really wasn't getting anywhere with her. She thought that the Lutheran point of view was in error. And, and you can understand that from a Roman Catholic point of view, because the Roman Catholics, whether they want to say it or not, they certainly give the impression that your works make a difference as to whether you go to heaven or hell. We don't believe that. We believe that the works of Jesus make a difference as to whether or not you trust the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you trust the gospel of Jesus Christ, then your sins are forgiven. So what happened? Well, this went on for a few months, but the Roman Catholic sister in her block, oh, a few houses down, lived a Roman Catholic priest. And one day she was talking to him about what I had said in the funeral. And she wanted to know what his thoughts were. And he said that what I had said about all of us being sinners was true. And she was really kind of taken back by that. But Roman Catholics do believe that we are sinners. They do believe that in baptism, your sins are forgiven. And that the death of Jesus Christ is most important, not only for the forgiveness of sins, but particularly for going to heaven. So she actually wrote me a letter apologizing for what she had said against my sermon. And that was due to a Roman Catholic priest who gave her a correct understanding of all of us being sinners. So that came to mind when I'm reading this letter that these former Elka people did not agree with how the pastor handled the funeral. So what can we say? Well, first of all, many in the Elka church no longer use the traditional liturgies. They make up their own. And in fact, unfortunately, that's happening in some LCMS churches. 
you go there and there's not the liturgy used from the hymnal. Some of them don't even have the hymnal, but they have these odd liturgies where you're asking for forgiveness of sins, where you really don't have sins. And the pastor is talking about how important it is to follow Jesus because that's how you're going to be successful in life. In fact, you, you hear that, that you want to be happy in life. Well, then you are to handle your money properly and you will be blessed. All these things are contrary to the word of God. What is important is not that you do things properly here on earth, but that you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. That will lead you to do proper things as part of the life of sanctification, but it won't help you in your justification at all. To be justified by Jesus Christ never takes place by your works. In fact, we were looking at Colossians last week, and it had a tremendous passage defining what forgiveness is. It said, forgiveness is the canceling of your debt that you owe to Jesus. And I gave this analogy. You buy a house and you're paying a mortgage, but after a while you lose your job and you're unable to keep up with the mortgage. Now you know what happens in this society, they can take away your house and you are homeless. So you write the mortgage company and tell them that because of the loss of your job, you are unable to continue working and therefore cannot pay the mortgage. Do you expect that within a few weeks, a mortgage company will write you and say, well, we took a look at your situation and what we have decided is to cancel what you owe us. The debt is gone. No, no mortgage company will do that. And they will not do that because once you sign and you owe a debt, it needs to be paid off. And there's different ways in which the mortgage company may attempt to get your money. And if they cannot, they will take your house from you and put it up for sale for someone else to live in it. But in Christianity, God does cancel the debt that you owe him. That's found in Colossians. This is a really important point to make because a lot of people don't understand what forgiveness is. So the first thing I might do with these former Elka people is ask them the question, has somebody ever done something wrong to you and you get angry about it? What would it mean that you would forgive them? What would have to happen? And a lot of people will say, well, I, I can't forgive them what they did to me. Well, what do people mean that they can't forgive? Does it mean that they're going to forget what happened to them? Does it mean that they're not going to start liking the people? No, that can't happen in situations. Let's say you're a store owner and your daughter's working in the store. Robbers come in and they shoot her. 
Are you going to be able to forgive the robbers? Well, it depends what you mean by forgive. If it means that you're going to forget what they did, that's impossible. If it means that you're really going to like them, boy, that's hard too. See, God forgives people he doesn't like. What? What are you talking about? I thought God loves everyone. Well, yes. But how many times do children do something that the parents don't like? And then they have to discipline the children. Not liking a child for what they are doing can still take place while you love that child. And when you love that child, you take care of them in a way that is appropriate. In fact, we've got another bit of news we're going to be telling you about where that was not happening in certain places in Canada. But at this point, let's stay with this letter. We would also have them take a look at the liturgy where it says very clearly that there is no way that they can pay for their sins and they have sinned by thought, word, and deed. You see, if you take a look at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, oh, you think that you only break the fifth commandment when you kill someone? No, even when you have thought of anger against them or say bad words about them, you are hurting and harming your neighbor and the punishment is the same, eternal hell for those who do not repent of these sins. Now you're going to say, boy, do I have to remember every sin I did and repent of it? No. When you have faith in Jesus Christ, you often will say the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses. And that is a request to God to forgive your sins. And in a sense, is the same request that Jesus made from the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. In, in other words, part of the problem in Elka and many other churches that are not Lutheran is the law is not being preached properly. In fact, it's being ignored. People are being told, like in Elka, it's okay to have an abortion, it's okay to marry a person of the same gender, uh, it's okay to change your sexual orientation after you were born, either male or female. The Elka Church and many like them have gone off the reservation and they are no longer Christian in their teaching. And unfortunately, people still say in the Elka because maybe that's where they were born, maybe that's where they were confirmed, maybe that's where they were married, and it's hard to leave a church. But you need to leave any church that does not preach both law and gospel. And so when you go to a funeral, for example, when I die, and if the pastor who's doing my funeral said, we know that Pastor Baker is in heaven because he was a wonderful father, a, a great husband, and a tremendous pastor. Uh, the front row of my survivors, 
my wife and children would all start laughing out loud because they know I'm a sinner. Not only do I confess it on Sunday mornings, but sometimes I apologize for it. And I definitely repent of that sin. The fact of the matter is, we all know that every person sins by thought, word, and deed. And that's what a funeral does. It reminds us that though we are born as sinners, Jesus came to take away our sin. Remember John the baptizer? Behold, this is Jesus who has come to take away the sins of the world. And where does he take them? He takes them to the cross. For at the cross, Jesus makes a payment for your sins. The reason you're able to forgive people is not because you forget what they did to you or not because you begin to like them, but God makes it very clear what occurs in the forgiveness of sins to someone else. And that is, as God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. So when I got robbed when I was a taxi cab driver, I didn't chase down the kids who robbed me. I didn't run over them with a car. I drove instead to the police station and let God take over. God brings that vengeance upon those by having them arrested, maybe going to jail or paying a fine or whatever. That's God's way. How did he take vengeance on me and my sins? He put the vengeance on his son, Jesus Christ. From the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting Psalm 22. And when you take a look at that Psalm, it's because Jesus was the biggest sinner in the world at that point. He had your sins on him, your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins. And that's why I like about Colossians. It explains what forgiveness is. It says that God cancels the debt that you owe him. Remember the debt? In the day that you sin, you shall surely die. That's our debt, eternal death. But God cancels that debt when you have faith in Jesus Christ. So that is really important. So I would try and explain on the basis of these Bible passages or on the basis of the liturgy that it is important that an individual realize that they are a sinner who could be condemned but are not through faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus makes all the difference. I was talking to a new pastor last night on the phone, and we were talking about how he makes sure that every sermon connects the cross of Christ to the passage that he is speaking about. And he said that's in the congregation that we're not used to that, and they are being very comforted by his sermons. Now, I, I mentioned to you that sometimes Christians do not operate properly with others. 
We have Pope Francis in Canada right now. And one of the reasons he's there, he went to areas in Canada and apologized for the deplorable abuses committed by missionaries and took institutional responsibility for the church's cooperation with Canada's catastrophic assimilation policy, which amounted to a cultural genocide. Now, I had not really heard about this, but it talked about more than 150,000 Native children in Canada were forced to attend government-funded Christian schools from the 19th century until the 1970s. And the effort was to isolate them from the influence of their homes and culture. The aim was to Christianize and assimilate them into mainstream society, which previous Canadian governments considered superior. Ottawa has admitted, that's the capital of Canada, that physical and sexual abuse was rampant at the schools, with students beaten for speaking their native languages. The legacy of that abuse and isolation from family has been, in, has been cited by Indigenous leaders as a root cause of the epidemic rates of alcohol and drug addiction on Canadian reservations. So the Pope should, if that's what the missionaries were doing, is apologize for that. Because as he has already discovered, a number of Roman Catholic peace, priests were homosexuals and pedophiles uh, against the children in these schools. Now, it's not wrong to have a Christian school as we have in the United States. And we encourage people to attend the Christian school because nothing is better than having a proper Christian education to understand how God works in the universe. But to beat children because they're speaking their home language and to remove them from the culture, that, that's a real problem. We can still have many cultural agreements with people. When our missionaries go overseas and they're going to, say, a land that is not Christian or speaks English. We don't necessarily force them to learn English or to change their culture. No, there is a distinction between cultural things and religious things. Those cultural things that are part of idolatry, of course, is changed, but we don't do it by beating the people or what they were doing with the children in Canadian provinces. And so, even though Ottawa says that that was not enough of an apology by the Pope, we believe that saying that you're sorry for the way that some Roman Catholic missionaries were dealing with children is an appropriate apology. And so, 
we take a look at what's going on in the world and realize that all of us are sinners. All of us have come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in that knowledge, those who have faith have had their sins forgiven, which means they are no longer held accountable for their sin because Jesus was held accountable for their sin. I'm Tom Baker, and we thank you very much for listening to Law and Gospel. On Monday, we'll be continuing with a lesson for the following Sunday, and we will be showing you how that lesson also divides law and gospel properly in your understanding and interpretation of Scripture. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.